Do you need your laptop? It's here. Oh, cool. Cool. Hello. Hello. Welcome to DM Talks, a podcast to promote well-being and assist healing, whether that be physically physically, or mentally mentally or or spiritually. spiritually. Ultimately. We just want to be seen in our entirety. I can't do it anymore. (laughs) You all just want to be seen in our entirety. Oh, you want to do that for us? This podcast just helps to promote healing. Honey, dude, dude, I'm perfect at that voice. I I lived in Ascot, don't you remember? I'm good at like doing the like. Bro, can I have? Can rah. you pass me my backy? Yeah, I need my backy. Can you pass me my backy or, um, Alexa? Please, can you play Dem Boy Pagan by <laughs> Jay Hearts? Welcome to DM Talks, a podcast that aims to promote well-being and assist healing, whether that be physically, mentally or spiritually. Ultimately, we just want to be seen in our entirety, and this podcast hopes to show listeners how multifaceted they are. We're all the centre of our own universe, so why don't we do more to better, better our own existence? I love us. I feel like I'm not coming with, it, with the energy. No, but the thing is, your energy is so loud and it's so like subtle. That's the thing. Like whatever you're, like what you're doing is great. A subtle energy. No, but it's like subtle, loud energy. It's like, it's like you know, like Lou through. Like he has a subtle, yeah. loud oh, energy. I love exactly. So much. Exactly. Like you're my Louis. Did you see his? Did you see his new revisiting Tiger the, King? Yeah, I haven't watched it, but I will watch it because it's the thing really is, good. like, I I fucked. I did, couldn't watch that Joe Exotic thing, but I could watch Joe Exotic getting interviewed by Lou through. So. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's so interesting to revisit it, like, because. The, did you see the one on Netflix? Oh, yeah. I didn't. I didn't. I couldn't get through to it. I just I found it was really it weird. I kind of showed maybe Carol Baskin in a worse light than what yeah. she's like actually, actually is. is. And I don't know. Maybe, um, yeah, because obviously Joe didn't get pardoned. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I think there's possibly a good reason. No fair, no fair. It's a. Uh, it was a lot. I just don't fuck with the idea of like having big animals and that. So like after I, I literally think I only got halfway in, like halfway into the first episode. I don't think I even watched. Yeah, I think I very mean far ultimately, in. I'm gonna be controversial saying this, but I think Carol Baskin might be right. Okay. Like I mean, I don't. <laughs> for me personally, I, I bet someone who's gonna listen to this podcast could be like, oh. "How dare you say that?" <laughs> No, I, I, don't know. I, I mostly gonna... agree with Carol Baskin. I don't necessarily agree on the zoos thing. Like, I think that zoos can, they are a tool for preserving species, but you have to do it right. Yeah, I mean, like, like but I don't... But it's better than keeping tigers in little cages yeah, like but Joe I, does. I don't agree with zoos in mm. like, okay, so I don't understand why there's, why I can see a giraffe in London. Like that's, <laughs> that's not right. That's not right. Like, do I, I think, mean, if I understand zoos in the country that they're in or even like nature reserves yeah. that you walk through, like they're just doing their own shit. You might see them that day, but you just go through with like a licensed professional or like, not licensed professional, but like a tour guide or like someone who knows their shit or like just someone who knows more than me but I'm not like influencing their day or not influencing their habitat yeah I get that I think that's fair I think that we should be more willing to um fund um 
what's it called? I think we should be more willing to refund reserves in the countries that are actually mm-hmm. we want to preserve the biodiversity in. Yeah, um, that's like obviously in Africa has mm-hmm. a huge amount of biodiversity mm-hmm. and a lot of cool animals that we don't really have much of. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, the UK is dead for that shit. Yeah, I mean, we have cows and we have pigs and stuff and that helped us like in the industrial revolution having animals that were tameable that yeah. we could put behind fences but they're not but very it's not really clean. pointless yeah. yeah yeah well oh well i'm sure i'm sure we'll get there or we'll just move yeah let's just move country yeah i want to get land in ghana that sounds nice like, it sounds amazing like this isn't just like my chill. dream board yeah just sort of have like a little villa yeah just build like a little a estate because like yeah. i'm sure there's like a lot of a lot of places yeah i just want to buy up. land which is near the coast or like Ooh. not that long a drive f- to the coast so then like i can just enjoy life and live happy nice. honestly like i was watching this video on naomi campbell she has a house in like kenya is she the it's naomi oh no sorry she's, naomi campbell is the black woman she's like one of the, like she's a supermodel she's like one of the biggest models ever and she's british so i was watching a video of naomi campbell the other day and um it was said to her like what's your smile when you come back from Africa? Mm. And her smile has been like this since, since. Yeah. Like, and that's what I want. I want to be smiling like that. I want to be happy in the motherland, but we're in a panoramic right now. So travel is a nagwan, but we move. You're listening to a good podcast. You're enjoying your day. I'm sitting here with Josh. And um, yeah, we're having... Well, I'm just happy to be here. I always am. I think that, like, with the podcast, it's just an opportunity to wind down, see your mm. pals, just, like, oh, like, reflect on your week and stuff. But you don't actually realise it until we're, at, we're in this bit. Yeah. Like, sometimes it's, like, faffle. It's, like, oh, what time are you free? Am I free? Yeah. Like, how's work going? Do you know what I mean? Like, just standard chit-chat. And then we, when you finally sit up, the incense are blowing, all of that shit. It's like, oh, yeah, how are we? Yeah, it's like settling. Well, the DMC is the time to settle in. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah, that's nice. Last episode, check it out. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I think it's about finding, like, I think that's a lot of people's goals is to find a place in the world that they can chill and feel happy in. And I think for now, um, for me, I think Manchester is quite a nice place to sort of chill yeah i'd be i can think of a lot worse places how lovely has cycling been right now at the moment nice it's been really nice honestly like i've been having starting work at like 7 30 8 in the morning and i'll cycle when it's like complete like dead like there's like four or five cars on the road because i'm gonna have to be there for like 7 30 and it's amazing it's honestly cycling in manchester is beautiful it's just basically flat roads everywhere and like, yeah, I like so living serene. in a flat place. I'm over hills. Yeah, I'm over hills. I'm, to be fair, I never was even on the hills that much, but like, I didn't respect, I didn't like them. I don't respect hills. <laughs> <laughs> hills are not your friend. That's so funny, because I've been actually talking a lot about hills recently. I love it, because we're fully, fully digressing, but like we're in the DMC, but why not? Um, I've been talking about a lot about hills recently. I really like my hill. 
This sounds like such a weird segue, but we moved. <laughs> okay, so you know when people are like, oh yeah, that's my hill, I'm gonna die on that hill. Yeah. I really, really like my hill. I really like my hill because I nurture my hill. Is this hill a real hill or a It's a metaphorical, a metaphorical hill. hill. It's a me- yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should have cleared that up. <laughs> so like, you know when people are like, oh yeah, is this the hill that you wanna die on? Yes. I love my hill. I love it. I love my hill. Sunflowers are growing out of my hill. Everything is beautiful on my hill. And this makes me a very stubborn person. It's funny because I've been having loads of conversations about this with people. Cause it's like, sometimes you look over, you might peer over and you'll be like, oh, that hill looks kind of sick too. <laughs> that hill looks kind of sick too. So, <laughs> but not even I can die there, but I could commune there. I can sit there, I can rest there. And maybe this is, maybe I'm slightly indirectly bringing this up in this podcast because it's one wellness attribute that I'm slowly unlearning, relearning or whatever. Um, and I've been talking about hills a lot because I make, I've realized how much we put invisible rules on ourselves, our invisible sort of like conditions or, mm. oh, I shouldn't do that because of this. I shouldn't do this because of that. And it's all because we all want to be on our own hill. But to have life, to be do enjoyment, we really need to get off the hill and actually get into our comfort zone, no, out of our comfort zone, because that's where real strength can develop. Mm. Well, not real strength, but a lot of strength, because you have to re- rely on, um, well, something that's unknown, but also your agility to get out of it, or like your dynamic, your ability to get out of it. <laughs> Just thought I'd say that, a little side note about hills. Right, hills, yeah. metaphorical hills. Metaphorical hills, yeah. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, I think- It's really random, sorry. It's an interesting <laughs> way of thinking about psychology. Yeah. The hill, the, the metaphorical hill of the mind or yeah. range of hills. Yeah, because that's the thing we have so- Oh my God, have I ever not told you about the, the reason behind this podcast? And clouds. No. So this podcast was gonna be called Floating Clouds with that kind Floating of shout clouds. shit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Anyway, oh, so, okay, I'm gonna, let me sit down properly on my chair and explain. People who are watching visuals, you're in for a treat. People who listen to audio, just close your eyes and picture this, okay? So, you, we walk through life, right? We're walking, we're walking, we're walking through life. And we go on top of our hill, we come down our hill, and we walk through life, we walk through life. Hills can be trials, hills can be tribulations, whatever it is, we, we walk through life, yeah? But we have certain clouds that obstruct our pathway, obstruct our focus. So let's say um, politics is a cloud that's gonna affect me, it's gonna affect you. If you read about politics a lot, your um, cloud is gonna be opaque. But if I don't read about clouds at all, it's gonna be transparent or it's gonna be like, 20% 20% on like the gradient scale, right? Yeah. So as we go through life, everybody has all these different floating clouds. So like, let's say you got racism as a cloud, right? As a dark skinned black woman, my cloud is 100% opaque. It's a, it's a it's, thick cumulonimbus. It's, it's a thick, like, like, yeah, it's literally dark. Like it is literally just 100% 
Opaque. It's about to thunder or snow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's about to thunder or snow. Like, I know about fucking race. However, let's say if it was a white person, your cloud could be like zero it could be completely zero percent it could even be minus 60 it could even your cloud could not even be there because you've not you don't know people who've experienced it or you're not in the same world that makes you available to that information but maybe um i don't know you um well we've been through the pandemic you saw all the controversy and um mental gymnastics people have done about the Meghan Markle and the mm. Harry situation. And then that could have prompted the cloud. And now your cloud is like at 1%, but it's an outline there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, this is my concept behind DM Talks. We're walking through life. We're walking through, um, it's, it's another reason why every episode is a different facet because I'm exploring a different cloud. It's like, okay, feminism was this week, confidence is that week. And like confidence is a cloud that everyone fucking needs everyone but like how i present my confidence is different to be how you present confidence but we're gonna need it in this little flesh suit of ours so we're gonna have to sort of grit our teeth and learn how to do it anyway or like even with focus that's something that we all need in life regardless of your sexual orientation your like your academics interest your creative pursuits it literally doesn't matter it's just something a cloud in your human experience that makes you well enjoy life there's we're not all seeing the same clouds in exactly the sky. We're, we're not all the center of our own universe right no we're, we're all experiencing different different clouds different weather despite living in the same place exactly and like i think someone's experience someone walking down the same street is being rained on while someone else is enjoying the beautiful sun exactly exactly that and like i think Mm. podcasts have provided um relatability to so many people who um experience different forms of clouds like that's what i love about podcasts you could be listening to one like this and a wellness one or i was at my friend's pine's house the other day i was listening to this um this guy i can't remember the name of the podcast but he's come out of the prisons he's been in and out of prison Mm. system since he was like 17 and now he wants to completely take it away but his insight his conversation gives you is literally a doorway to all of what's behind bars and what gets you in to those bars do you know what I mean and that was just me and him are similar in the sense we have podcasts we're talking completely different fucking shit and it's like yeah I think actually pulling it into like a sort of idea of we're all walking the same streets but experiencing different weather like that completely changes your perspective because like sort of taking it on to I guess the topic of the episode is that a woman can walk down the street at night that a man might feel relatively safe on and she's experiencing like is that guy following me am mm. i being looked at am i being watched am i being followed yeah whereas someone else might just have their headphones on and be like minding their business and be like oh it's a pleasant evening the weather's nice exactly whereas like she's experiencing like a thunderstorm like danger panic whereas someone else is experiencing just a chill evening with a light breeze exactly and it's like the same walking down every street like someone like might get onto I was watching the Jeannie Yashera like uh, one of her yeah, things Gina she she's was hilarious when she got onto the train how a woman went first class is in that direction like second class or standard class is yeah, in the other you, end no, she was like you're in the wrong section or something I think like she that said, I think she said oh, um, standard class is that way oh yeah, to them, yeah which is did. just like so 
just well so racist it's yeah. so discriminatory like you just assume that they were because they were there they were black they weren't accepting for this and road. it's like whereas i might well, these tickets i might walk into first class and i might see a slightly ugly cloud in the distance of someone who's looking at me funny because i'm not over like 45 yeah exactly but like yeah still like i don't experience the giant cumulonimbus of being black and under 45 trying to get into the first class section like there you go there you go and like no but it's so true because like we can well like you said it ties in perfectly with this week's episode we want uh we want the community to come together we want the collective to come together we want like more people's stories to be heard so that more realizations can be made and things can change however there's a lot of frustration because people feel like they're repeating themselves like and then there's a lot of frustration because it's like i shouldn't have to clap for a fish swimming you know like don't hurt women it is period like <laughs> it feels tiring especially i feel now i have a perspective on how tired black people have felt because again it's like we see on the news this week like how many people have been shot in like the last week by police in oh the my, US. did you see fucking what's his last name duante i saw that video it's i didn't see the nasty. video i don't i can't watch stuff like that but duante what's his name what's I his, can't last, name? his last name duante was a student Right, he was a student. There was a 13-year-old. I didn't see the 13-year-old. Oh, you didn't? Oh, see, this is the problem. Is It's getting confusing now. But that's the thing. That's why I can't watch this stuff. I can't watch this stuff because everyone looks at it literally like entertainment. It's a different person every other fucking month, every other week. But I bring this up to say, this Dante boy, this 20-year-old boy, he Hmm. was um, the student of George Floyd's girlfriend. Like, Hmm. when you deep it like that, it just shows you how I always... Yeah, he was killed. He was literally killed in the same state as um, he was. It was Minnesota, like maybe yeah. during is the same state as George Floyd was get killed. Yeah, Minnesota. And also, it's during his trials. It was during George the trials uh, of Derek the Derek Chauvin. Yeah, exactly. So George Floyd's girlfriend's student was also shot by the same people that shot George Floyd. Can everybody make the fucking connections now? Like racism yeah. is everywhere, and the fact that this has been like okay let me not get too much but this example is going to be uh an example that's media that has a lot of media documentation Mm. but do you not know how many black people or many brown people know that story for their just a family member or family member Mm. that one just got televised that one just got televised and that just shows you how close-knit racism is and it's really frustrating when people even try and deny racism because you cannot make this shit up like i fully decided now i'm i have to literally remove myself around anyone who gaslights me or any form of that because i cannot there's always going to be people in this life that are committed to misunderstanding you and Mm. that's what you're seeing with all these fucking racists popping up now i think it's like i mean i'll say um like i didn't really understand like how so from my perspective with the UK, I always used to see the nonsense going on in the US and I was like, oh, well, the UK isn't necessarily like that, but it is like that. It's just like that it differently. Just, it's just presented differently. And that's the yeah. thing. Like, I think oh, that's what I UK, like. The UK goes for like microaggressions or like, but well, straight like, up just saying racist things, but it's not necessarily in the outward way that the Americans do it. But that's the thing. Like, I'm literally like, 
yes and no and yes and no again like it's that whole thing that yeah there'll be violence there'll be mm. manipulation there'll be indirect discrimination there'll be gaslighting there'll be collective trauma like all of it's the fucking same. Why is it that black people have to do mental gymnastics to understand which one they're fighting for? Yeah. Ever since I was eight years old, I've been battling racism in my head and then moving accordingly. Like, who's going to get it? Who's going to get not? Like, mm. I, for a very, 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 very long time, I rather preferred um, letting white people, like... Okay, so let's say someone was racist to me. Sometimes I couldn't even be asked with the whole process of, like, reporting it, all that shit. I wanted... The, I wanted to leave the white person with, oh my God, I can't believe that black woman just did that to me. Like, yeah. I, I got more satisfaction from that. I got more sens- satisfaction with being a dick, with showing you why I'm not the one to come to. So you know that if you want to mess with black people, you know what you're stepping into, you know? And yeah. that's not fair for someone having to police their mind so much since eight. Like, and I'm just one story. And even oh. I was thinking about, I was talking to this in therapy, right? Me, I'm like, I'm a talker, I've got a podcast. I've done all of this shit. How many teachers have tried to beat the, the in, well not beat physically, but um, bully the intelligence out of me by calling me illiterate, by, call, by calling me all of mm. these things. And it's like shit, like if you're calling me fucking illiterate, what the fuck are you doing with people who can't stand up for themselves? Yeah. That's the scare, that's what fucking scares me about racism. And like, I honestly don't care. Like, I don't really care how many feelings that I fucking hurt if it means that black women have more likely to survive after pregnancy, that black people aren't gonna be bullied um, when they report um, uh, their supervisor making that crude joke at the Christmas party. Like, I don't give a fuck. Like, mm. let me hurt your feelings. Cause at the end of the day, they're feelings. Like people, would, bodies are going out in the numbers and you can watch it and it's recorded, you know? So mm. like, it's weird because I try and, I try and give myself enough information so that I'm informed, but then no, not, know everything so I can be ignorant because I know if I keep on reading my mind will be just being going back and forth back and forth and it's not healthy it's not healthy like why if you're not racist why are you still resharing those videos do you know what I mean why why is people not saying that like I find it weird creepy because I remember I used to be like this is unfair I would even not reshare violent videos but I'd Mm. reshare videos and be like and like have my little like two pence to say whatever but then it's like this is literally just fucking clickbait. Mm. People find this entertain. People, people are so distanced from seeing black people as humans. People are so, um, it's like their empathy does not extend to these people that they can just watch and share and not have any compassion to what is happening. They, they literally just see animals. Wait, no, I don't say that animals because if they saw animals, then they would see empathy. You see all these fucking videos about dogs. They just almost <laughs> see characters in like a story. Yeah. That they, it's um, like, I think that is the thing is that there's, you see, I think there's a line between, I think some people are angry and want to see something happen to see the people who are responsible come to justice. Yeah. And I think sometimes people like want to, want to see other people sharing that anger and that frustration and I think there's it's not always easy to distinguish between the people who are just finding it entertaining and the people who are genuinely angry and want to see something change there's literally like so 
what you just described, the in-between stages, there's literally a book that's just come out to help people find that. It's literally called What Can White People Do Next? Yeah. And so, like, from Ali, Ally Ship to, like, Companion... Like, I can't remember the name now. But it's just, like, the information is there, and it's just people's choice now. It's it's what we said last week with Fix Up and Look Sharp. It's literally the tower... Not tower card, the hanged man. It's changing perspective. It's what you're going to do with that perspective. How are you going to use that alignment that you found from within and reflect it on the outward, you know? Yeah. But um, we should probably get into the divine, shouldn't we? We've been chatting away. Yeah. Forgot about the first bloody segment. Um, this is the divine. Um, this is a segment where we nominate a good thing. What would you like to nominate for this week's divine... I want to call this icons supporting icons, okay. but not necessarily as in celebrities, okay. but of like different communities coming together to yeah. support each other who nice. may have different, typically had differences. Like you've got obviously the black community and the LGBT community mm-hmm. has previously been like obviously there's a lot of crossover between of the course. two. Of course, I mean there's, bl- there's black queer people, so there always will be. There have been the LGBT community has sometimes has been occasionally discriminatory towards people on the basis of race and on the other hand people like from minority communities are sometimes discriminated against LGBT people um, you know often because they might have like more conservative and mm. might come from more conservative backgrounds but now I think we're seeing that along with many other communities like people with disabilities um you know people from other countries um you know i think we're seeing a lot more people now coming together and saying we need to put aside our differences and realize that in the eyes of society we're all seen as lesser mm-hmm. and we need to campaign for that not to be the case mm-hmm. and we need to like yes we come from different po- parts of life mm-hmm. we have different problems and we have different goals but like we all need to support each other and share and work with each other because at the end of the day like the road the roads that we all want to our destinations might be slightly different but the direction that we're traveling is essentially the same so we might as well help each other out yeah no my mum always used to say to me sarah everyone's um learning the same thing but we take different routes taking it and i think yeah and i think it's like if it's, we're taking if we're in similar directions let's help each let's other let's help on each this. other out let's um, go on the same route let's yeah. find the best route no that let's find the best route yeah let's let's like push our resources and forwards no it's all it's all good i love that i want i want that but i also want people with more things to share their things yeah and i think like obviously that'll come in time but let's say for every collaboration you had you had a other guy like a silent partner who had dough or had resources like let's not even just talk about money like had resources to bring about your thing sick because like for the people who have been like been waiting to be seen what do they get oh well done you're learning now like you were able to learn you were able to use this for personal development i was out here getting attacked Mm. you know and like that's not just i mean what take what applies in it but i bring it up to say that for the people that have had to hold grace 
um, keep smiling, you know, through their grief, through their loss, through their frustration, through their discrimination, like what can also be given to them in that period? Yeah, and I think, I mean, ultimately, it's a numbers game. Like, yeah, like you think that what, like, you the the whole thing about a white cis straight man. Yeah, like they they are ultimately when you cut it down to that a small part of society. But even then, when you cut it down to people who are then allies mm-hmm. from that group, you've got. A very like once you start to once you start to group together and bring people together from like the LGBT community, women, um, the black community, like other minority communities, you know, people from other religions, like from religious minorities. Once everyone starts working together and supporting each mm-hmm. other, we're suddenly the largest group in that's true that's true but because there's so much internal conflict and still so much self-hate and horizontal Mm. discrimination i do think that like i think that's why i'm glad to see more working together there's a lot of way there's a long way to go don't get me wrong but i like to see that people are now starting to work together and starting to support each other instead of being divided because ultimately like divided we fall you know yeah true like 100%, 100%. like we're never gonna get like equality for any of these groups without supporting each other yeah because yeah if we if we divide ourselves up into tiny little camps we're yeah. never gonna have much of a voice i mean that is true and that is true it's also hurts the people who have feet in both camps. Yeah, uh, who yes, 100%. Are, who cross these boundaries. Mm-hmm. Um, and those people, those people should sort of be the centre of like, yeah. those sort of central voices of pushing for, you know, not only justice, but more communication, less horizontal discrimination yeah. between. No, you're so right. And it makes me think of like how we can. I want I want collaboration to be put forward, but also the safety of the sensitives. Yeah. <laughs> I, I say sense safety of the sensitives in the sense of like, you know, like... Okay, so if we use the example cisgender white men, like if there was a trans individual who's had a experience with a cisgender white man, collaboration for the, with them could be triggering, you yeah. know? So it's making sure that the sensitivity of the trans person was, that their vulnerability was safeguarded. Their risk, yeah. like, I want, if I can make the trans the trans person feel like the most safest person in the room, then I feel comfortable. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they're the most at risk. So I want to put like, it's like, I want them to have the most safe, like, on their terms and then everything will fo- follow. Yeah, I think it's like, because um, I think as well, um, it is about under, like, I think that there's, it's about sort of having um, empathy for other groups that they might have not been through the same struggles as you. Yeah. But that doesn't but that mean that they don't understand. Like, you can, for me, I, the, the way that I sort of came to understand how people felt after seeing 
the killing of George Floyd yeah was like feet like understanding if they come from my community mm-hmm. if they that was something that had happened understanding how that might have impact how that would have impacted me mm-hmm. because obviously it was upsetting for everyone of course but it's even more elevated upsetting if you see that person share characteristics and traits with you of course and share like you know history yeah and of share course. like all of that stuff period it makes it it elevates it even more. Yeah, of course. So it's understanding it it how upsetting that is for people to go through is to see this guy got killed for sharing a trait that I have mm-hmm. and then going, and then that's even me. more upsetting than just seeing that guy got murdered brutally. Mm-hmm. That's upsetting. But then on top of that, it's actually... But even like, even let's take it closer to home. Every time that there's fucking like anything any attention between black men in the media like the way that we'll be so scared for our brothers to leave the door mm. our nephews our uncles whatever like it any it, it doesn't matter if it was before corona like literally it doesn't matter if it was like one year ago or like five years ago whenever there's extreme amount of um attention of in, of black men in the media i promise you every single fucking parent relative is like make sure you get home safe da, 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 this. it's like and it's like now because there's so much policing of black men in the media um now that policing is going to be indirectly to the community so that community now polices the black men does that make sense yeah. because like i know for a fact i lived in like shitty old like windsor do you know what i mean don't get me wrong smoke can happen anywhere however if I'm living in Windsor and my mum's saying to my brothers, like, do this, do this, do this, where is she getting that information from? She's getting that information from the people that he's socialising with when he goes out to these places, you know? And it's like, that's not necessarily true for the older things. And yeah, my, my family or my brothers, they don't necessarily just hang around with people in Windsor, aka white people or etc. But it's the fact that as soon as there's a tension in the news, then policing will start. Yeah. It's just like it's I think this is why like we've gotta we've gotta now like yeah, reach across these it's like it's like in the movies, there's always a tension between like some of the main characters and they always like have an argument or falling out, but ultimately they're basically going in the same direction. They have a common enemy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's about putting aside your differences and fighting the common enemies because the people who tend to be homophobic also tend to be racist. Funny how that works. <laughs> I mean, nobody's ever just racist. I promise, no, I promise you, and this, you can quote me on this, no one is ever just racist. They are never just racist. Like, they're either racist and emotionally intelligent, they're either racist and homophobic, racist and transphobic, or they're racist and classist, or they're racist and something. They are they're racist. Racist, and... racist is literally like the base, and then you, like, honest, I, racism doesn't shock me. I can tell you're racist by the way you look at me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And then it's all the other stuff that you say with your clothes. Ah. It's like, <laughs> it's like your question, you're, you're going on and like criticizing a woman's outfit because it's not like or you're criticizing what a woman does on the tv good chance that you're also yeah gonna be racist or gonna have something else going on and it's like 
just that lack that lack of empathy and that distaste for anything that doesn't match your very limited view yeah. of what society should look like will tend to be it tends to be a trend. It yeah. probably will be brought back. Well, I've got a great little segue for you. Since you're talking about um, men who can be problematic, have you watched Euphoria? I haven't. So Euphoria is my nomination for Divine. I know everybody's probably going to hear Euphoria and they're going to be like, oh my God, that's so old. Like we heard about it like two years ago. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, like fucking, ago, yeah. you know, like guys, raw. Like, did you just hear like Sarah on DM Talks was talking about Euphoria? What um, a loser. <laughs> but um, no, I joke. It actually came out in 2019, but um, I watched it recently on the internet. Um, it's great. It is a show which explores how many people maybe like eight or ten people it's like the cast of teenagers throughout mm. their life and oh my goodness i fucking love it basically it also got really famous because wait let me actually show you i'm just showing josh a sweet little picture so basically you see all this makeup oh yeah so that's what this show inspired loads of makeup Oh, loads of looks and stuff. Yeah, so like, yeah. you know, in like 2019, you saw like more stuff like that. That was Euphoria. Hmm. So basically, like this is Maddie. She's one of my favorite characters. But basically, Euphoria is a show that follows the lives of some teenagers and is probably the most realistic depiction of what it is to have adult life for today. Like these teenagers have a range, go through a range of issues, whether it's like, consent, drug um, taking, um, sex work, uh, um, discrimination, like, or pressure, like, even fucking, you know, nudes and all mm. of that controversy of like sex, um, revenge porn and stuff. It covers everything, but in a really realistic and also gritty way. And it follows, you know, do you, have, do you know who Zendaya is? No. So she's a really like well-known actress, this is her. Oh yeah. She's been in loads of shit, but she's like a drug addict in the film and it's really, mm. no, in the program. And it's really good. Cause like, I remember the first, I found her through like Disney. Yeah. And I literally like, I just liked her, whatever, but she couldn't do like that much crazy shit because obviously she was Disney. Started and now she's done this show and now she can do everything. It's just amazing because like this show, She's a drug, she, oh, I don't want to spoil too much, but she um, has a drug problem. She falls for her best friend, which is Jules. Jules is a trans woman. Jules is also involved with um, sex work. And I don't want to, oh, let me not give too much because I really, really encourage everyone to look about it. But she basically has to deal with, she has to deal with um well the violence of a real world of the real world as fucking mm. trans people have to do and there's this one boy called nate jacobs who wants to um i don't want to just say embarrass her but he wants to humiliate her he is so shocked by her he is a white cisgender conservative man he encourages his girlfriend to dress a certain way he likes the fact that his girlfriend is a virgin that he can protect yeah. and jules who's a trans woman a makeup student who's just a baddie um completely baffles him because it's like oh my god you're literally you're everything that I want to be. Like you are being just your authentic self and I have to 
do training. I have to follow these strict codes that have been left for me with my father and my, mm. and oh, it's such a beautiful show. They don't, um, the show's not gendered as well. So throughout the whole show, you're able to like learn as the characters, as people and everybody gets enough attention. And what you were saying earlier with that whole idea of um, having a cisgender, like white, man and sort of the connotations that that explores was really depicted well in the show because mm. it showed his power but it also showed his fear it showed his illusion it showed his scarcity because he was so frightened from stepping away from this line stepping away from this code you see him battle with his own forms of internalized homophobia because he realizes that he what his world is isn't the world of others and it's like terrifies him that's the thing with like especially with trans people is that it can make a lot of people feel uncomfortable because they're like they start to question they start to question their own but this is actually kind of hilarious is that because they are attracted to them yeah but because of their own viewpoints they don't see them as the gender that they are that then makes them think, wait, am I like gay because of that? So it almost works against them in a way because they can't just accept them. But how self-centered is that? How how self-centered do you have to be to look at someone outside of you and then change your whole opinion, your whole like, perspective to then criticize the person outside of you just because you're not comfortable with yourself that just shows you how mad you are like trans people are some of the most courageous beautiful people in the planet and for you this is what i mean like i i don't want to i'm not resting easy until trans people feel comfortable like and like i think even when we talk about race, when we talk about gender, we talk about all these social issues. Like there's so many people that deal with these issues, but are worn out, tired from the violence that has dawned upon them. Mm. So I want to make sure their safety, their mental well-being is being looked after, then everything else can follow, you yeah. know? And that's why I really like this show because this show depicts so many people like um, teenage drug dealers, teenage drug takers, um, even the sh- uh, the pressure of uh, the character that I talked about. You know, this mm. Nate Jacobs guy, his family is so conservative. His family is so intense. His relationship with his dad. Um, actually, you know what? This is a great segue to... Um, the next um, segment, which is Decoding the Messes. Decoding the Messes is where we um, unpack something that we consider mess, whether we can see online or offline. This week's episode is called Educate Your Son, and we're just discussing a few things that we would like men to know, but also the collective to know, because we understand that we have to come together to move forward, but equally, like, I've been learning the same thing for a long time now. What have you been learning? Are you at 60% or are you at minus... 300 and I'm at like 60%. We're not at the same waiting field to come to a, uh, an appropriate middle. So I wanted to use this opportunity to learn about consent, learn about gender aggression, learn about sexual violence, learn about sexual assault, or even prompt people to like, just think more on it because, well, Sarah Everand, Sarah, sorry, pardon me, Sarah Everand, rest in power that story really just shook me it shook the world it didn't just shake me it shook everyone and i think that her death should never be in vain i want to talk about this in 
all forms because I don't want women to be so fearful when they leave their house and that's a common occurrence. Like, that's not going to move. That's not going to end with listening to this podcast, but it can also also contribute. So that's what me and Josh are talking about, how yeah. we can educate your sons. And I, I also want to say, like, I think that a lot of men shouldn't see this as an attack. Oh, 100%. Because I think that, um, obviously, while women are the main focus, and because I think a lot of the problems sometimes come when people go... Oh, what about the men? Yeah, not all men, not all men, fuck off. But it's like, yeah, we recognise that, but it's like the same with Black Lives Matter. Like, we've got to recognise that, um, yes, not all white people are treated equally, yes, but like, we've got to also recognise this group is disproportionately affected. That doesn't mean, though, the men aren't affected by these issues, Mm. but it means that we also have to recognise that women as a group are disproportionately affected. Yeah. And I think that, like, we need to, like, by opening up this dialogue and talking about this, as a man, you might also be able to recognise some of the things that may at some point happen to you and you might not realize that you're being exactly that exactly fucking that um on what you just said it's like you wouldn't say if i said oh the police kill black people you wouldn't say no police yeah you wouldn't fucking say it so why do you have the mental um not mental you have the vim to jump in and say not all i promise you I promise you, if you're, if you know you're good, if you know that you wouldn't do no harm to people, if you know you wouldn't intentionally hurt others, this message isn't for you. But if that, if not all, evoke something, then you need help, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you need help because it just shows you how ignorant the person wants to be. The, I mean, how I don't even know how what the number of how many men are in this world, but if a proportion, a a larger proportion of men were committing an act, you wouldn't specifically be like, oh, 85.5, AK, and then mm. write down all the fucking letters and the names of the people that have done it. You'd say it, and then it would be done. If people, the thing is, oh, let me, if people talk, so people say I'm talking, but who cares, it's my podcast. Real fucking men don't say not all men. <laughs> I think it's like it always is. The world is never the world is never black and white. Yeah. But we have to recognise a trend when we see one. Tell them, Josh. Like, tell fucking them. It's like we wouldn't get anywhere if we were like, well, so the COVID vaccines aren't a hundred percent effective, so that means that they're entirely not effective, so we shouldn't even bother using them. Oh so it's gosh. like like we can't we have to say the COVID vaccine is mostly good (laughs) and it's like we also have to recognize we have to recognize trends when we see them like we have to say men are like abusing women at a disproportionate rate to how women are abusing men yeah but also this abuse should just end entirely both ways but we also have to recognize when a trend is happening and we also have to recognize like you can't 
like yes maybe not every single police officer maybe some police i'm sure there's a lot of police officers who believe in protecting their community and everyone in that community yeah but uh, but we also have to recognize a trend when we see one which is that unfortunately there is a lot of incidents where black people are treated unfairly by the police and like you know, we have to recognise a trend when we see one. <laughs> exactly. And like, if you... you can't discount a trend because there is some exceptions or, like... No, because just because you know one good police officer or just because you know one good person or just because you have a nice boyfriend who, like, talks about feminism this one time, like, get the fuck out of here, man. Get the fuck out of here, yeah. But, um... Basically, for this episode, I thought I'd get some submissions because I wanted to read. Well, I just wanted to interact with you guys, you know? I wanted DM Talks to be more interactive. I want to read out what you guys have to say on this topic. So I'm gonna get me computer, well, my laptop, and read out something for you. Nice. Nice, you can. Amazing, so I'm gonna read out this submission and then we're just going to talk about it but the first submission starts i'd say trigger warnings um yeah content warnings content warning actually we're going to be talking about gendered violence consent rape and sexual assault so if you do not want to listen to this maybe ignore Shall we say... We'll put segment markers up. We'll put segment markers up, but maybe we'll put segment markers for each submission we talk about and also when Tarot Talk starts because it might be this episode is just... You might only want to listen to the... You might want to listen to everything besides decoding the messes, you know? But it is it what might it is. Be, it, yeah. I mean, ultimately, everyone has a different tolerance for it. Like, sometimes you're just like this is enough for me this is not going to put me in a good place yeah like even if you you doesn't cause a trigger inside of you yeah. or something like cause you to, it it could just be a lot like it can yeah affect just you. be mate, i can't so i can't watch certain stuff after 9 30 p.m yeah just because i'm like whoa you're gonna fuck with my mind space and then my dream's getting fucked and then i'm getting chased i can't watch like some shows are just like just yeah it's too much it's too much much. but um i'm gonna start reading now so pause guys or see you in tarot talks so first submission i haven't spoken about this previously and thought this would be a good place to start i come from a family of six four of which are women and three which have been raped all these all have experienced harassment in some way our parents are old in age and they still have that don't air your dirty dirty laundry in public kind of mentality. The kind where emotions are perceived as weakness. Everywhere I look, I see PTSD. My mother still not being able to have any piece of material or jewelry tight around her neck because she gets flashbacks of being strangled during her assault. All of them have been a constant feeling of I'm not good enough and have, and have such a hard time opening up or trusting anyone new. It has gotten better in recent years now. None of us are teenagers anymore. We try to encourage speaking to each other more and rely on each other as a support network. But it's affected them in so many ways, it's so hard to put into words. Even my brother has been affected, who hasn't experienced any abuse to my knowledge. As when they all happened, he was the youngest and has blamed himself for not being able to prevent it. I think a part of all of... 
I think, sorry, I have to. I think a part of all of us do. All of do. Growing up, he got into fight after fight with the toughest person he could find, trying to train in a way so he doesn't feel that helplessness again. And so he's ready to protect us if we need, which sounds silly, but it is fucked. He feels that way, but it's also kind of sweet. I don't know. One of my sisters constantly gets flashbacks, which causes her to break down. We could literally be in the middle of a club and she'll be fine one minute and next one she's crying her eyes out, hyperventilating and trying to escape um, everyone around her. And I'm trying my best to be there for them, but I can never undo the damage that's been done. They honestly are all truly amazing, kind and caring people. And it's so shit to see that they won't be ever be the same again, no matter how much time has passed because of some stupid fucking guy who took a part of them away. I'm away from home for uni, so can't be there for them as much as I'd like to, but I talk to them regularly and my sister does call me when she's having a downtime and we talk. Talking about, no, talking does help, but talking to a friend or a loved one is not enough. You, you can't just get over something like this. Well, sorry, that choked me up. <coughs> I'm not sure how old my mother was when it happened to her, but it definitely was before any of us were born. A minimum of 27 years ago, 27 years, and she's just still living through it. It's so, so fucked. We all have our challenges still. I've never told them about any harassment. They all wish the best for me, and I don't know if I'd, if I would be really hard for them to hear. Sorry, if it would be really hard for them to hear. But there has been times when someone has gotten inappropriate and even I hadn't said anything, which I'm normally incredibly outspoken. I've heard them shout and scream about how much they hate themselves for not calling someone out for being wrong and not doing during their assault when they were silent due to shock and how much shame that has brought on them. I've, and I've done the same. I hate myself for that. We as women can't be silent anymore because fuck, I don't, I can't see any more families go through what we have done. This shit needs to stop. A few months ago, my sister went through another random breakdown where she was with my brother and girlfriend and so they both tried to comfort her. During this terrible time, my brother asked, do you think it could have been what you wore? Honestly, this wasn't malicious in any way. He feels he still feels ter about, terrible about it now. And it came from wanting to understand more. He doesn't understand, none of us do. Why rational thinking human would do such a thing? And this was a very poorly timed question to help him understand the situation a bit better. If my brother has, who has grown up with an almost fully female household who have lived through this shit asks a question like this, it is clear we all have a long way to go in trying to educate men. However, I think it is our best to do exactly what your podcast describes. And after my sister screamed his ear off, we educated him. We know he didn't try to intentionally hurt her and genuinely, if he asked, it at a different time, we could have discussed it openly with no judgment. We explained exactly why it isn't because of what she wore, in this case, a full body tracksuit, and why it shouldn't matter. We explained to him that victim blaming and spoke about minor forms of harassment and aren't recognized for what they are. After my sister told him, he can come to her if he has any questions. I really want men to speak up more and not be afraid of being attacked or saying the wrong thing. It's important for men 
are also a part of this and they don't have questions shut down because this is the only way we can incite change and we desperately need change. Fuck. That's really well written. Thank yeah, you. For sending it in. Thank, Thank you, you so much, submission number one, because that, well, I mean, like, let's unpack it. I think, I think, yeah, like, um, I think that, yeah, being able to have women say their perspective and understand, like, that women don't always process things or won't see things in the same and this is the same thing with like the clouds right it's like you might think oh this thing that i'm doing i don't want to say because this definitely doesn't happen a lot of times i think a lot of people do know that they're doing something wrong Mm -hmm. but sometimes someone might be having something that they think is consensual Mm -hmm. and see and it's like with clouds, like they, they're experiencing a completely different situation to mm-hmm. what the other person involved is experiencing. Um, that said, I feel like a lot of people um, do a lot of mental gymnastics mm-hmm. to get around the fact that they're actually doing something that's hurting someone mm-hmm. and that they're acting inappropriately and they're doing things that are I think that I think as well it's probably worth saying that if you're a man you you have no entitlement to anyone else's body actually no one has any entitlement to anyone else's period body. like nobody has any entitlement to anybody's body it's not it's not like you're not being treated unfairly exactly if you get told no like that You're not is being just... hard done by it's not the, the girl's not a bitch yeah. the man's not a bitch the person that you're attracted to is not a bitch like they literally do just not want you you need to get an ego check if you think that it's that personal because i it's just weird because people are so selective with who they hang around with i mean like corona is just exaggerated that because now we're actually choosing who do I want to spend my time with and you'll still have these men out here going out of their way to impose their manliness their their um charisma that I don't know what drives a man to do what they do but it will take them beyond to spaces which aren't for them and it mm. makes you very really unnerved it makes you feel really unchiggered like even reading this letter i was getting choked up because like how many times have we how many times do random external things trigger us like okay so i mean i'm being so fucking personal right now but someone who has been violent with me was suggested to me on LinkedIn the other day. Yeah. Do I fucking mean? There's no protection for that. There's no protection for that. That's just something that I was aware of and I had to let it go. He's not in my space. He's not in my circle. I don't choose to be in his environment, but he was suggested on LinkedIn. Mm. So it just shows you that like, there's no place that can be safe. There's no place that can be um, 
there's no spaces free. Like, what, where, where's, where's the safety? I wanna, I wanna also think because I wanna pose this as like, do we need to, like, change the way that we deal with? Because I think a lot of people are scared of talking about it because mm -hmm. they're scared that if they talk about it, that's going to reflect on the person who did it to them in a way that's like really I, I think a lot of people are scared about talking openly about their experiences of who did this who yeah. didn't do this and I think that like yeah in, and not being taken seriously when mm. they do talk about stuff and I think that there needs to be a way that we can that there needs to be a new way that these men that are causing these problems can be approached and dealt with. Have you heard of restorative justice? Yeah, I think that I think that we need to fo follow something like that where because I think a lot of people are scared that if I come out with this accusation I'm going to completely ruin this guy's life. And I don't want, but not saying that they don't deserve it, yeah. but saying that people are scared that if they come out, that like a lot of people are just scared to speak out because they don't know how it's that will reflect on them. Yeah, they're scared of being blamed themselves. Yeah, and oh, completely. I think it's that because that's the thing. Sorry, go on. I need to inter not interrupt. I think <laughs> that if we come out with, I'm gonna spray some. I of think this. that people there should be a way of approaching people. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> There should be a way of approaching people that says, actually, you need to get help and you need to get education and you need to learn this, learn about this as an opportunity to make sure you don't engage in this behaviour. Mm -hmm. And if they don't respond to that, then look at other ways of dealing with it. Mm -hmm. But I think that there's there needs to be a better way of holding people accountable and yeah. making sure that they know exactly what they've done wrong. They know Tell, yes. why they've like why what they've done is wrong mm -hmm. and they need to know how to avoid doing it again yeah and i think that that needs the sooner that happens in their life the better yeah like if they do something at school yeah and that's not right that should be able to be pulled up right there and right yeah. then and they no. should learn and they should have the opportunity to learn that lesson again then whether they listen mm -hmm. is somewhat on them mm -hmm. and if they have a pattern of being called out and being told why what they're doing is wrong and not listening and doing it again, yeah. then look at avenues of stopping yeah. it. But we should, in a way, especially before people are 18, yeah, 100%. Give an op create opportunities for that learning process if mm -hmm. they're acting inappropriately. Yeah, I think like, Honestly, I wish I could reform the whole PSHE system. <laughs> like, yeah. I wish I could go into Parliament, be like, look, I heard you guys are ch changing the curriculum. Let me be in charge of PSHE. I promise you, it will be the best decision that you'll ever make. And that PSHE curriculum is reinforced in the thousands or mm. hundreds of thousands around the UK so it can provide a foundational like i don't know like it can provide something to 
Just give people like just a glimp of fucking hope. Do you know what I mean? Like, just give people some form of understanding or language. Like, I was um researching for this episode and I t- typed in educate your son and I saw this um YouTuber called Trayvon, um, black man YouTuber, um, was talking about educate your son or about this topic. He was talking about what the incident, well, not even the incidents, the murder of Sarah mm-hmm. Everand had evoked feelings from. And they were saying how like, look, yeah, I understand people might not want to have like sex conversations with children, but boundaries can be taught at seven and eight. It's just mm. making it adaptive, making it relatable so people can understand what is okay and what is not. When people are interacting with each other, open communication, transparency needs to be encouraged because then you can evolve with each other. But if you don't, if you hide yourself, if you hide your authentic self or if you hide your discomfort, then people are gonna take advantage of you. Yeah, and I think it's, it's one of those things is that I think people think that if we, I think one of the worst mistakes that we can make is think that we can just hide sex yeah. from people. <laughs> like, we, like, just like we can no, keep this a true. secret and they won't do it. No, but it's true. But we like, the problem is, is that what you do is you just leave them uneducated. You don't give them the tools to mm. make sure that they understand the decisions they're making, they understand how those decisions will affect other people mm-hmm. and understand when they're being taken advantage of in that way. Because like Preach it. everyone Preach says, it, Josh. everyone thinks about in like the fifties and sixties how men were like all respectful. But yeah. it's like we know that's not the truth. We know yeah. domestic violence is horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> like ah! We know everything from that age <laughs> so was. Sorry. That was actually so funny. Like we know, but that's not the truth. We just. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it's like we know we know now, and I think that the media is representing like this era of like when things were seen as respectful and we didn't talk about these yeah. things. That was worse. Yeah. And in a way, now things might feel disastrous because yeah. we are having these conversations, but the very fact that we're having these conversations show that how far we've come it doesn't mean we don't still have a long way to go exactly but i think now we're starting to we're starting to move through the tunnel again the light isn't there yet but we're yeah we've restarted and we're moving towards the end of the tunnel like like again like we're not going to clap for a fish swimming do you know what i mean like I know people who don't move mad. You know, we're people that don't move mad. We know people that don't move mad. So we know that it's possible, right? Yeah. We know we know that it's not rare, right? However, because consent and um, patriarchy is sort of, I mean, boys boys are given clout, like, not, sorry, mm. I hate that word. Boys are given like, no, um, but it's, it's but no, it's true. But like, boys are given so much attention. Boys are praised. Boys are rewarded for doing the bare fucking minimum when we're in school. But honestly, like, going to what well, you know what I don't say, let me not say that because the thing is, I'm quite fortunate in the sense of I have so many guy friends from a very very young age. Like I'm mm. talking about ten, twelve that I've like learned to grow with, I've evolved with, I've seen them. Um, don't be wrong, I've cussed them the fuck out, but I've also like sat with them whilst they've cried on my shoulder, right? Yeah. I know so many women that don't have guy friends. Like I think they literally don't have guy friends and I'm like, 
I don't know. Like, obviously it's calm. Like, do you? Like, I love, you know, women are everything. I love female friendships. Don't get me wrong. Like, they're, they're, my, they're my guys. But like, also, I, I also don't have this, like, extra mm for men because I know men can come in all forms. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I know men can come in all forms, but if you're only dealing with men in, let's say you're um, heterosor- you're in a heteronormative relationship. No, you're a heteronormative woman and you're only dealing with men in the dating region. Your, your perspective of men is going to be very fucking different to mine, who's yeah. also grown up with men, who's um, worked with men, who's cried with men. Do you know what I mean? Obviously all men are not the same, but you, I mean, I'm sure you get what I point. Yeah, I think, that, I think that it's, it's, yeah, and it's also recognising, and I think this is why education and understanding is so important, because I think that it's only through, because I think that um, if we, uh, if we work together on establishing these boundaries, yeah, then I think that we can also be more we can also we can also protect those boundaries yeah. more thoroughly mm. than if we like if if a guy grows up and doesn't know what those boundaries are yeah how how are we supposed to be like oh, I'm not saying this to play devil's advocate fuck that yeah. but it's like how are we meant to be frustrated if with someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Yeah. You know, obviously I'm using that phrase extremely fucking loosely. If you go up to there is a, woman, a lot of there's a lot of good consent education out <laughs> yeah, there at the there's moment. A, so. Exactly. There's a lot of consent information available to you. Even, do you know who Alomi is? She's an influencer. She's a mm. sex positive um, relationship sex blogger. I've been following her for the past 10 years. She is like one of the first black British women that I've seen in media. Like, yeah. um, and she would always talk about consent can be sexy. Consent can be fucking hot. Like yeah. she all that was her that's her brand. Consent is sexy. And like she always talks about how you can use consent, how you can use language, how you could even use it in dirty talk. Like yeah. she literally like she encourages you to be creative with consent. And I think that's something that we can I mean if you want to, do, but also if I think that's the bare minimum. It's like if um oh there's a really good um example of this um it's like if you're wondering about consent would you ask this person for a cup of tea would you say oh do they need sugar in their tea if they keep on saying no they don't want fucking tea just allow them their tea you know yeah just allow <laughs> them to not drink tea yeah right? it's a great video um encourage everyone to watch it if they get the chance it's called tea consent or consent tea or something like that which is quite funny because it's literally the tea on consent yeah <laughs> but um it just made me realise that, like, information needs to be put in relatable terms for pe- to be digested, right? However, to unearth sexual trauma, to unearth gendered violence is going to be painful. It's going to be traumatic. Like, even this uh, um, application, the submission said 27 years. 27 years her mother could, could, didn't speak out. Like, that's 20 years of being silenced. Seven years that she has been silenced. And has she internalised that information? Has she dissociated it away out of her mind? Has she, like, there's so many different questions you can now ask because of someone's, ref- someone not wanting to speak out. And like, it breaks my heart because 
we choose not to speak out. We choose not to speak out. We choose not, and the same, the same men, the same people are still getting away with their fucking shit. And they're still doing what they had done to you. So it's weird. Have you ever watched I May Destroy You? With uh, Michaela Cole? I know, I know of it. Yeah, I mean, um, like I, I've spoken about it a few times on yeah. this podcast because it was a great show for consent, um, sexual. It it taught me so fucking much, but it broke me because it made me sort of realize that it's everywhere and everywhere and like being from like East African background where traditional conservative values were encouraged mm. in the home, not in all homes, but in like in like a culture, like, oh, the man's the patriarchy, the man's this. And like, I'm not like that at all. I'm not that like that period. Like I do my own thing. If you want to join me, join me. If, if you mm. don't, don't. That really conflicted the way that I viewed myself because I'm the middle child of two boys. Mm. So it was like, raw, like, it just made me feel so isolated because I was like, I'm gonna have no one backing my corner. Like I'm not having anyone defend me as much as I'd like it to be. And now I have to realize that's gonna be the real world. And this could be, okay, so let me talk about an example. So like, even like cooking in the home, right? Oh, the daughter needs to cook. The daughter can feed the guys. The daughter can do this. I'm there fucking peeling carrots away. What are my brothers doing? Playing games. And then that, and now you're trying to tell me that that's re reflected in society, but by the pay gap, by something else. Mm. Like I was just annoyed at when I was pulled to the, w I was annoyed when all the girls were pulled to the kitchen to help with cooking, let alone the fact that now I'm gonna live a life where I'm gonna deal with that as well as fucking pay. Are you mad? Yeah, I think that one of the other things as well that I will mention is, um, it's worth as a man to learn about this stuff because you can look out for when you think it might be happening in other people. Mm -hmm. Because I've had situations before and I won't reveal too much information yeah. where I've had someone tell me about something that's happened to them and I've gone, wait, let's step back a minute. That's not right. Like, even though you feel like this you're telling me this you're, you're telling me this and obviously you felt um you felt and um, it's hard to say you you felt maybe annoyed by it or frustrated by it but actually that this behavior is not just like annoying it's actually problematic mm. and it's like this behavior sort of violates you know what we think of like enthusiastic consent which mm. is sort of why why it's useful as a man to learn about this stuff because if you learn about this stuff you can notice when your, your friends, boys are doing it or yeah whether your friends whether they're women whether they're perpetrators or whether they are the victims 100%. Like, you can help try and notice it and you can help um and it is hard because you know um especially if you're trying to call out friends and stuff yeah but also 
just start off by not playing a role like if you think that there's problematic behavior don't engage with it yeah don't be a part of it like don't if there's like something happening where they're just trying to you know have sex with as many women as possible but in a way that they're sort of being pushy you know they're sort of being Uh, like anything like that like just start by Can not I... engaging in that behaviour yeah. and saying, look, I Actually, don't I think this is... <laughs> like, just sort of, like, pull back and, you know, like, I get that, like, situations can be, there can be a lot of pressure mm-hmm. to, like, conform, but you need to start by at least at bare minimum not engaging in that behavior yourself to fit in yeah number one i mean don't behave get engaged in that behavior (laughs) engage in that behavior but also like try and at least like try and talk to your friends and try and say actually this isn't a great idea we shouldn't do this like see it's weird like i remember like i remember when i was younger i'd see boys calling out boys but then i got to like 90 i got to like 20 and I just stopped seeing it like yeah. I remember specifically seeing like you know when you go to house parties and stuff I remember seeing an older boy let's say he was like 17 and he got with this 15 year old mm. right and I remember all of his boys pulling him to the side being like that's gross that's yeah. this that's that do you know what I mean and like because I was around energy of like directness oh you do something let me pull you out on it and like these people, don't know, I've seen stuff like happen like that, but these people, like my secondhand friends, they weren't even my close friends. Do you know what I mean? Like I've seen my close friends violate people. But in for... a way, in a way, is that like that shows that like I obviously know there's a lot of problems in Windsor, but if something <laughs> if those if they if they knew to do that yeah. and they knew to call out that behaviour, then something had happened right there. And yeah. that was a situation where it had been avoided. No one, like, the whole situation, like, none of this has to happen. Like, yeah. if people just talk to other people and say, actually, mm-hmm. let's, like, just, like, if you think your friend is doing something inappropriate, yeah. tell them that you think that their behaviour is inappropriate. inappropriate. And that's and- not even harsh. That is literally harsh. Like, honestly, I, I, you're, I respect you if you can call me out. And, yeah. like, I, all, f- since early since early since early since early the people that i around myself with don't get me wrong i love them i'm inspired by them but i also i'm tactical because i want them to be able to call me out on my shit like i don't want to hang around with people who are like no no if you see something wrong call me out because then we're all gonna be like my head's not moving my head's gonna be intentional it's direct don't get me wrong i'm i'm a good person i'm i move with lovely intention however like I still need to be called out on because I'm a human being we we all can make mistakes we can all do wrongs and that should never be people shouldn't shy away from that that shouldn't be scary that shouldn't be intimidating like if your friend calls you out they're calling you out of love they want you to do better and that's why they they're pushing you for more don't get me wrong if someone's criticizing you all the time evaluate who you're getting your advice from but shit if it's something that you know that isn't great 
It's great. It's like but my friends. But if someone's criticizing you all the time, uh, or if a lot of people are criticizing you all the time, maybe it is you who is the problem. Oh, a hundred percent. Like I, no, but it's it's true because well, you're the common denominator, then, aren't you? Yeah. Um, one thing that this email, um, well, this submission and what you said sort of remind me of is this idea of peer pressure. Um, whoever's listening to this, please, 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 Omo, like, listen, open your ears, open your ears, come very, very, like, put it a bit louder on your mic or whatever. Well, I put it louder on my mic. Yeah. But, listen, peer pressure can come in a multitude of forms. It's not always, um, oh, cold, let's do this. Okay. Oh, you're boring, you're boring. It's, it's come not on. like those videos that, like, you... It, it can literally... No, but it can be as slimy and sly as your really... Your quote-unquote nice friend being like, oh, come on, please, please. Oh, come on. Come on, let's do this. No, 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 no. You're... That is pressure. Don't... You're hiding it by a sly, smug smile. It's pressure. And I'm not going to stand here and make excuses for people because that's the thing. I I think all of us, when we were younger, we kind of idolized this like scary man, this scary rapist that's gonna come out of alleyways. Mm. It can be your fucking friend. It can be your family member. It can be someone so close to you. And I I'm, I'm get so frustrated and so angry because people don't realize how much this runs deep. Like I didn't realize how many people get sexually assaulted until I got to uni. Yeah. Like it's just like fucking that everywhere and everything. And you're just like, raw. So this is the world, all the things that we were scared not even scared of but all the things that we heard jokes about in friends all the things that we heard jokes about on tv about Mm. um women taking um men taking advantage of women and all of this stuff so you're telling me it's all true it's all true and we just have to deal with it because that's how life is i think as well like i want to say is that it's ow (laughs) i just hit my hit my ankle sorry i'm getting into it the idea of like you know the Chad in the film who, you know, is the is like really pushy and outwardly like and obviously that exists, that stereotype exists for a reason, but it is not the only avenue for misconduct in that way. I like how you said that Chad um uh, similarity because if you watch if anybody here watches Euphoria they're gonna see that they're gonna see Nate is complete Chad but the yeah. thing is you usually in what TV would do we'd see the Chad on the fo- American football pitch and he'd be happy and popular and be promoted but in this TV show you see his arguments with his family you see how he trains every single day and has no room for creativity you see yeah. how he has no room to be his authentic self because everything needs to follow a line and a code and that's why I really liked Euphoria because it explored that cisgender white man as a multi-dimensional character it's an opportunity to see that person as a human and Mm. not just because of the power that he wants you know yeah and I think it's like it's like there's so many there's so many avenues for which like people can be sexually aggressive Mm -hmm. or abusive and it's not just necessarily you know the sort of chad's type figure who's Mm. like you know really big and muscly and has like a lot of power yeah you know whether that's friendships money um it can be people who you might perceive as awkward or you might perceive as and they may have found a way that they can push boundaries because people don't see them as exactly they don't see them as 
much of a threat. Yeah. No. So they be... lower they lower their guard. Yeah. And then find themselves actually, you know, this is the like it doesn't just happen. Like I guess it's like the sort of phenomenon of the soft boy. Right? No, but you're... Like you've got the the guy who says that. Oh yeah, I'm really into indie music. I'm really nice. I'm really friendly. I'm a nice guy. Yeah. And then. As soon as they don't get what they want, they snap like exactly. that. And then you feel guilty because you're like, no, you feel guilty to yourself because you're like, oh shit, how did I walk into this trap? But then yeah. you also feel guilty because it's like, this person presented themselves as nice, presented themselves as um, polite, sensitive or vulnerable. And because they presented themselves, oh, I could be too, I could be too. So then when they change, it's like, oh no, you're out of character because you were always soft. You were always yeah. gentle, but no, 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 this is your real fucking character nice people get the fuck out of here but it's like (laughs) i don't trust nice people sorry i'm going on a tangent i don't trust fucking nice people i'll tell you why because what the fuck are you hiding what the (laughs) fuck are you hiding because the thing is every person that i've met that has been overly nice has ended up being a dickhead so what is that what is that like it's either they feel like they have to be nice all the time to compensate for um when they want to be a dickhead or they genuinely do it but they don't realize they do it for enjoyment but they don't realize that they're presenting and they're giving more than they need to they're giving more than they need to because let's say now i'm like oh everything's fine like don't worry about it like i'm gonna be really nice and nice I, every little annoying thing that happens to me is going to be but guess what bitch it's going to be a fucking volcano and then it's going to interrupt and who's going to interrupt to the people that they love and they care about because they have no boundaries with them because it's like if if you're you if you give me an inch and I fucking take a mile with it then yeah. I'm I'm my boundaries are now depleted because I want to be serving of you, but you've just emotionally manipulated me because I want it to be nice for you. I want it to be nice for you, but when I want to be strict in my boundaries, you want to take that nice away and deal with spite. I don't trust nice people. I mean, you can, but I don't personally. (laughs) Personally. I think it's like, yeah, always be aware of the Trojan horse. Like it doesn't, like the, it doesn't like, an abuser won't come won't necessarily come in the form that you expect them to mm-hmm. and whilst those whilst those forms and those stereotypes may exist for a reason they are not they absolutely do not represent everything that's happened like you have the idea of like the young guy who doesn't know boundaries and yeah. he's under a lot of paper and you have the idea of like the creepy 50 year old man yeah. who's like he's like hey there like you oh, know like, literally. but like it's like, where spreads the fuck, a lot wider than but that but like where the fuck did we learn those stories and why aren't things getting done about these stories like yeah. I remember when I was a child me and my friends would literally run past houses which we were like oh yeah that's the pe-. like this actually sounds really really fucked up now that I say about it but fuck it we were children and I'm in all honesty, talking it for the podcast. But let's say there's a man there, and we he was like, "Oh, the pedo house." So we would run around. We would run I past know that house. Places like Do you know what I mean? That. It's like you'd yeah. walk past the street, and then it was that house. So you run past it. I'm sorry, but why the fuck is the pedo there? But then also, why the fuck is someone under the age of 16 knowing of someone like that there? Why hasn't like the police or a uh, youth worker or something in between, some form of fucking 
institution, welfare, police, I don't know, fucking get involved and sort that shit out. Because it could be a lie, but then it also could be a truth. I think that there needs to be, like, and this is the thing, is that we can't, with this one, I'm not saying that, and this might bring us on to the other one that you wrote about, about mm-hmm. the justice system is, I'm going to say, probably, whilst I don't think that there's a, the, the justice system won't play a role in dealing with this because it absolutely will. Mm-hmm. I think that we need more than just the justice system okay. to deal with this. Like we can't. I we mean, can't that's definitely just get, true. We can't just rely on like policing and like prisons and everything yeah. to deal with this because the problems a lot more nuanced the problems a lot yeah. more complicated the problems like yeah. sometimes it's a guy who fight like passes a boundary at a party yeah and maybe you know it doesn't deserve going to the police or anything but he still needs to be called out he still yeah. needs to know that his behavior was inappropriate yeah. so then, but needs then it's to be... like it's like so let's say that guy that you said so he didn't get called out the party but then because he didn't get called out he's able to explore more parties yeah. and do more things and then be pushed further because his comfort no one checked him in that small comfort zone that he was in but so he's been able to explore that comfort zone push it push, bound, it push it push it push, push the boundary and now he's out here destroying lives and it's like it's because i'm sure like no um abuser is made overnight like it will be a pattern of behavior that will slowly get more You're extreme, out here with the facts and today. they'll probably like it's like the it's like serial killers when you hear about them. You hear about the fact that they abuse animals, they act yeah. in certain ways. There's a lot of different things that yeah. lead up. Yeah. Oh my There's god. Clues and you, what you need to do is you need to you need to start following the trail of breadcrumbs before it becomes like just a giant blazing fire disaster kind of thing yeah because and then you need to you need to see like if you can it's so much easier to nip something in the bud before it blows up in your face yeah and it's um like with corona really like it would have been a lot easier if we'd actually paid attention early last year yeah and not let it get to the point where it's now just in like just become this huge issue and I think it's like, it's the same with people who are abusers, people who are violent. Like, they don't go straight to burying bodies under their floorboards yeah. on day one. There's, There's yeah. a pattern of behavior that builds up to this so, happening. So we need to, we need, what we're in now, we just need to understand what the patterns are and how to dissolve them. Yeah, we, need to, we, need we need to intervene at the point that they cutting yeah. up mice in the shed rather yeah. than waiting until they're chopping up bits of bodies and putting yeah. them in a freezer. Oh, no, I mean, it's, it's straight fact. I'm, the metaphors today are smack <laughs> on because it's going to help people learn.